welcome to today's episode of In Fellowship, the podcast where we explore community building through a chapter-by-chapter read of The Lord of the Rings. My name is Ellen. And my name is Anna. And in today's episode, we're discussing Book 3, Chapter 8, The Road to Isengard, discussing joy in community. Ellen, my question for you is, what everyday item... Mm -hmm. gives you great joy or perhaps everyday activity your pick Mm. (laughs) breakfast is my favorite part of the day a hundred percent (laughs) i love having coffee and a little little something a little snack maybe some oatmeal and then i sit and do either the new york times mini crossword puzzle or the wordle and that's Mm -hmm. that's that is a moment of joy i can count on absolutely every day Mm -hmm. what about you i was going to say also the process of making coffee for me so there's like Mm. the boiling of the water i make it in a french press waiting for it to steep a little bit pushing down the little plunger it's just such a meditative little moment usually Mm -hmm. i grind my own beans to make my own coffee like the giant and jack and the beanstalk are you a coffee snob I am. I am very much a coffee snob. <laughs> I was like, snob. is that what you're saying to us right now? Is that you're a coffee it, snob? <laughs> if it hasn't come out yet, it should come out now that I am a self-proclaimed and unabashed coffee snob. Wow. There is a local coffee place that has really fabulous beans. And I find that they, like the flavor is noticeably better if I take them home with me and then grind them as I make the coffee. Mm-hmm. Like somehow they stay fresher. Something about, I think, the oils being released from the beans. <laughs> I won't bore you with the details that I, <laughs> I presume like, to know, but don't actually. <laughs> excuse me, your snob is showing. <laughs> yes, exactly right. So yeah, I love I love making coffee in the morning. I'm also not much of a morning person, so coffee is the thing that is motivating to me in yes. moments where I'm not otherwise very motivated. Yes, I understand that. Sleeping in is fun, but so is waking up and having a nice, hot, freshly ground cup of coffee. And I am impossible without it as well. So I'll admit, I'll admit to um, it's probably also a moment of joy for everyone around me <laughs> once I have caffeine in my system. I believe that. <laughs> you were too ready to say that you believed that. <laughs> Okay, but since we have established now that there are small things that give us joy, why don't we talk a little bit more about the joy I'll feel and the joy that you feel in the story that you're about to share today. Wow, that was an excellent transition. Thank you so much. And today's story you're going to be pretty familiar with because it's of the more recent past. We're not, we're not going too far back. Excellent. So for Christmas this year, I flew to mom's place for the beginning of the holidays, and I had invited two of my really good friends and friends of the pod, Jesse and Diego, to come spend the night at at her place. And so we were all going to converge for the holidays, and it was to be our first time all back together since pre-COVID, me, Jesse, and Diego. We all live plane rides away from each other, so that it was very exciting to all be in the same place. However, the day of the pre-scheduled gathering, Jesse ended up having to cancel. 
his driving buddy had gotten sick, which was not his fault, and couldn't come. And so the trip was delayed, and he just he wasn't going to be able to make it on time for this sleepover that we had planned. I was really disappointed. My mom was disappointed. But we were both super excited to see Diego and have our little pre-Christmas sleepover. So that night, Diego finally arrives, pulls into the driveway, and even though it is absolutely freezing and pitch black outside, I got so pumped to see him that I ran outside in my socks and was like hopping back and forth like one foot the other foot, one foot the other foot um, on the cold, cold concrete. And we hug and he's like, oh, it's so lovely to see you. Can you help me with my luggage? It's, uh, it's in the front seat. So I am hopping around in my socks to the other side of the car to grab his baggage. And then bam, the passenger side door bursts open and Jesse pops out. And I am so scared and mad and excited all at once that I am like positively shrieking and running around the driveway in the cold in the dark. And I eventually calmed down enough to bring them both inside. And we relived the surprise and the excitement with my mom by doing the same thing of like, Mom, come over here. Diego brought you a surprise. Boom, it's Jesse. And I thought of this specific story in relation to the chapter because Gimli's joy and outrage in seeing Pippin and Mary after so long being separated really reminded me of how I felt in being surprised by Jesse. <laughs> Have you ever been so full of joy about something that you're almost mad? <laughs> yes. And my partner can attest to this because when they proposed to me, apparently my response was to make a lot of loud noises mm-hmm. that were all very positive. And in my mind, I was like wrapping my head around what was happening. Mm-hmm. And in their mind, they were like, it's been a long time and she hasn't said yes yet. So are we like getting there? Because I was like, I can't believe this is really happening. And it was kind of that both shock and awe of being right. in such a joyous moment that like it really took my brain maybe a moment to to catch up. Mm-hmm. So I totally get it. Yeah. I also thought maybe we were like being robbed because it was it was seriously so dark outside. And then the door opened and I was like, oh, my God, he has a stowaway. <laughs> But it's okay. Then it was it was just Jesse. Then it was Jesse, and everything was right with the yeah. world. Who people might remember from our first season? He came on to talk about leadership. I was gonna say Jesse of this podcast, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> friend of the pod, both of them. That's incredible, and I can picture this so clearly mm-hmm. in my mind's eye as to both your reaction as well as then getting to be in on it to do <laughs> to do, do the, the same, same thing. to mom. Yes. <laughs> Who is also a very, like, effervescent personality. And so I can really see her, like, effusively shouting as she gets more and more hyped about what's about to happen. She screamed and then she cried. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, that seems... That's very on brand. (laughs) And we had a great time. And looking back, it was just a really joyful moment after just such a blah year. And I... I was so pleased to be able to see so many people that I love in one holiday season at the end of 2021, which was nobody's favorite year. Shout out to joy at the holidays with people you love. So we have a story of reuniting in real life, but in this chapter, we get a great reunion between a couple of friends and some some joy that it brings. 
Will you walk us through the events of the chapter? Absolutely. And it's great that you started off with uh, a reunion because that's exactly where my notes start is post battle, right? So the battle for Helm's Deep. The team is reunited, namely Gimli and Legolas come together and compare notes and points for total orcs slayed. Theoden and Gandalf then decide to go to Isengard to speak with Saruman after a rest and under the cover of Nightfall. The wounded and casualties are moved from the battlefield, and ultimately the group traveling with Gandalf and Theoden must travel to or through sort of this newly present wood, which makes the group uneasy. So it's kind of a weird, like, everybody's relieved that the battle is over, but also you're still sort of contending with some of these darker forces at work, or more ominous, maybe, given that the forest is still present. Most of all, Gimli. So as they're traversing to Isengard, Gimli talks about the caverns of Helm's Deep and how he wishes to return to them. And then Legolas and he agree to travel together after this is all said and done. So we get a nice little bromance moment there. As they emerge from the forest, the travelers have an ent counter with some herdsmen. Stop. <laughs> That is in my notes. <laughs> oh, so good. You always have the best wordplay. <laughs> a close encounter. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, so proud of me for that. Yeah, um, sorry. Please continue. <laughs> so they're sort of realizing that there are some new, or or we should say new to them, but very, very old otherwise creatures that they're learning more about. They near Isengard. And so the group is sort of reeling in the impact and level of destruction, the scope really of, of Saruman. And that we learn a little bit about what Gandalf had been doing while he was not at the battle for Helm's Deep. And then as they near Isengard, it really appears that possibly Saruman is brewing up some devilry as they approach. There's sort of this strange and heavy darkness that passes by their camp as they camp near Isengard and kind of get ready to, to actually get into Isengard itself. In the morning, all of the slain orcs that had been sort of piled in a, in a space and all of the trees are gone, having exacted their revenge. The group arrives at Isengard to find very little natural growth and quite a lot of devastation, including that the whole place is like a big bubbling cauldron of water and steam and fog. And so as they come across all of this major damage, they also find two folks who are just chilling, Merry and Pippin. There's some good-natured ribbing and formalities are exchanged as those who are new to the group get introduced, the friends of the fellowship are reunited at last, and the chapter really quite ends with Theoden and Gandalf go off to meet Treebeard and kind of get an update on the the previous events while the remainder of the group is left to chat with Merry and Pippin about what they've been up to. Do you remember reading this for the first time and were you surprised by it being Merry and Pippin? I was not surprised and I don't... I'm trying to think because I do think I read the book after I saw the movie. Yeah. 
So I, I kind of recall having a semblance of the major plot points. And mm-hmm. so that seemed less surprising. I think what is a bit surprising and what I think the books just do a, a more holistic job of capturing is that Mary and Pippin are pretty active in the events that unfold at Isengard. We saw them when they were captured by the orcs. They're, you know, not maybe the most skillful adventurers, but they are smart and they're learning quickly on their feet. And I think the movies make them more into like a foil. So they're Mm -hmm. there for comedic relief. And I, so in that regard, it is a little bit of a shift in tone from what's in the movie. I actually think this might be more... More, or more like, oh, what's it called? Dramatic irony. Mm-hmm. When the reader knows that it's Merry and Pippin because we've seen them with Treebeard and we know that they were going to Isengard. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the characters don't yet know who they're going to expect. Right. And are pleasantly surprised yes. to find that it's their long lost yes, friends. Yes, very much so pleasantly surprised. So that was the... Major events of the chapter, mm-hmm. maybe also a little bit of just some interesting wrap-ups and loose ends tied a bit after we get to know our, our Ent folk mm-hmm. and all that they're engaging with. That it really seems like maybe they're sort of going more dormant now after these after this last chapter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love how, how much wrap-up we get in this chapter and then the following chapter as well. Spoiler alert. Um, because it's lovely to to see what we missed while we were off off in Helm's Deep. Which was quite a grim chapter as well. So there's definitely, it's just a nicer, slower paced, filling in the gaps kind of two chapters, which um, are always appreciated after sort of a climax in battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so those are the events. What examples of the theme did you have for us today? It was such a joy to be able to read this mm-hmm. chapter and find find moments of the theme. The first one is on the very first page of the chapter. So this is, as you talked about in your uh, recap, as everyone is coming back together, and Theoden sees that Aomer is still alive. And Theoden says, Welcome, Aomer, sister son. Which, again, just love that naming convention. Now that I see you safe... I am glad indeed. And so I was wondering if glad is the same thing as joy. And I've been thinking about this. And I feel like joy seems like a bigger word. Like a word for a bigger emotion than glad. But I'm not quite sure. And I wanted to hear what your thoughts were on the subject. My initial reaction is yes, that glad is a much more, I think of glad as the other side of the coin to relief, where joy to me seems to stand on its own and is a much more unreserved and a much bigger emotion than just, oh, I'm glad that you're here. Like, Mm -hmm. I always hear glad as like a, "Mm -hmm -hmm, I'm so glad, (laughs) you know, where joy is like, joy you know it kind of stands on its own it's always got like an exclamation point behind it Mm -hmm. it feels it feels bigger and bolder in that regard yeah thinking now that i got christmas on my mind thinking about some of the carols that you sing joy to all ye whatever 
hair floating. No one says glad in a, in a Christmas carol. And maybe I'm wrong and you can slide into my DMs if I am. But yes, <laughs> joy does seem like the grander, the grander emotion of the two. Definitely. We need, a, we need a, one of those feelings wheels. Have you seen those? One of my good friends is a school psychologist. Oh, so so yes. we, joke, we joke often <laughs> that we should not only have those, but we should use them in our adult lives as well. I feel that way very strongly. I love reflecting on a, on a good feelings wheel. So if, we don't, if you don't know what we're talking about, you should Google it because they're great. <laughs> and possibly make your own. It's very helpful for getting in touch mm. with whether you feel glad or whether you feel joyful. Yes. This is not our action item today. Um, this is extra credit. <laughs> yeah. Bonus points if you make yourself a feelings yes. wheel. Okay. So speaking of... The Lord of the Rings. The the next the next <laughs> example that I <laughs> I couldn't think of a good way to get back to the story. Oh my god, I'm cackling. <laughs> Speaking of the entire purpose of this podcast. <laughs> okay, all right, I'm ready. <laughs> oh jeez. Yeah. So speaking of Lord of the Rings, the next example that I saw is when they have seen the trees that, you know, they came and snuck up and it's this wood that has appeared at Helm's Deep and everyone is surprised. And all of the people, except for Gandalf, are wondering where the trees came from. They're like, thank you, Gandalf, for bringing the trees. And Gandalf is being really weird and not really addressing it until everybody finally just like makes eyes at the trees, then makes eyes at Gandalf. And then this is what happens. Quote, Gandalf laughed long and merrily. The trees, he said. Nay, I see the wood as plainly as you do. So I included this moment because I think Gandalf's laughter is very joyful. But, like, is he charming in this moment? Or is he kind of, is it kind of annoying that he is not being forthcoming and answering everybody's question? From all that we know about wizards and all that we know about Gandalf, I think this is very in kind Mm -hmm. of how he approaches the world. I think he really does feel joyful. And I think the vibe from the rest of the group is kind of like a mischievous, perhaps, Mm -hmm. vibe about Gandalf, where it's like, Oh, with a twinkle in his eye. No, I see the trees too. (laughs) It's not just you. And you're like, "Uh uh-huh. But like, where'd they come from? (laughs) (laughs) So like, who moved a whole forest though, real quick? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So he has a very similar moment where he's laughing and nobody else is later in the chapter as Mariadoc, and I love that he uses his full name instead of Mary. Mary and Pippin are, are welcoming the the travelers, and they're u- Mary's using all of his big words to make them feel important, and he talks about how the Lord Sauron is within, but at the moment he is closeted with one warm tongue, or doubtless he would be here to welcome such honorable guests. And then Gandalf goes, Doubtless he would, laughed Gandalf. And I think that's kind of speaking to what you were just mentioning is his whole personality wizardry thing is very capricious fickle like ha 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 this is funny and now I'm going to smite you but also wasn't that silly yeah definitely Gandalf always seems to have more information than everyone else in the room right and that seems to be what tickles him is that he's 
almost he's not an audience member in this regard but coming back to your point about dramatic irony it feels like he's operating with all of the information yeah. and everybody else just has like a bit or a piece that doesn't allow them to connect the dots on why this is so funny mm-hmm. oh yeah you're right so the next example that i have includes the the word of the day this is gimli speaking and he goes I am so torn between rage and joy that if I do not burst, it will be a marvel. And this is when he has seen Merry and Pippin and they're being, you know, kind of cool cucumbers. And they're like, yeah, whatever. We're here. Welcome to uh, Isengard. This is our place now. (laughs) And I love, he calls them villains. And then he goes, hammer and tongs. And I, um, I love that Tolkien gives everybody these little sayings. What was the one that Treebeard had? Leaf and twig, root and root and twig, mm-hmm, right? And then his hum hum, hum hum, root and twig, hammer and tongs. Right. Like I, just, I, I love that. So, and this is this is the moment of joy that I was referencing in the story, where I'm just so torn between rage and joy that if I do not burst, it will be a marvel. That is how I felt when Jesse lied to my face and said, I can't come, and then burst out of the car in the pitch black to spook me. And I was so mad and so happy. <laughs> she shouted, Hammer and Towns from the driveway yes. while hopping from foot to foot. That's right. You villains. <laughs> okay, so something that we're doing a lot laughing. That is another moment of joy that I saw in this chapter. So Gimli and Pippin are going back and forth with each other. And he's like, ah, one thing that you have not found in your hunting is brighter wits. Because Gimli's like, how'd you get all this stuff? And Pippin's like, obviously, we defeated Isengard in battle. (laughs) (laughs) And Gimli is like, I cannot believe that this was a well-earned comfort. And then the, the quote I'm bringing up is, Quote, the riders laughed. It cannot be doubted that we witnessed the meeting of dear friends, said Theoden. Joy is so contagious, and the joy that they're witnessing between Gimli and Merry and Pippin, and we assume Legolas and Aragorn are happy too, even though they're not really speaking in this moment, is, is contagious, and all of the riders are laughing, and I just like that this moment exists. I think that's an interesting note too that Legolas, at least so far in our journey with him, feels so much more untethered from the emotional burdens of the rest of the journey Mm -hmm. that I wonder to what extent he feels the same sorrow or, again, burden that the, the group is feeling. And so is he feeling as much of a reprieve here as maybe Gimli is, who does really seem to be kind of the heart of those three. Mm-hmm. And in that same regard, I kind of feel like Aragorn is so much more measured in his showing of emotions, whether from previous to his ranger days or as a part of being a ranger. It seems like he doles out that that information so much more intentionally and so much more cautiously that it would be i think something really to see him like laugh without reservation yeah yeah gimli is the gimli is the marianne dashwood in this group and he is feeling the feels and wearing his heart on his sleeve and we love him for it 
Yeah, Gimli is the one that gets Legolas and Aragorn invited to parties. Yeah. They're like, we'll bring the fun one. And yeah, you can bring your friends too. Right, right. <laughs> well, that's, this is actually a good segue because my, my last example is an honorable mention of Gimli. And I didn't know if we should include this as joy or not. So I'll read it and then we can discuss. Quote, strange are the ways of men, Legolas. Here they have one of the marvels of the northern world. And what do they say of it? Caves, they say. Caves. And then he talks about how, like, these aren't holes. If the dwarves knew about it, there would be an endless pilgrimage. And this goes on for a long time. There, There is a lot, multiple paragraphs of Gimli proselytizing of the beauty of these caves. And I couldn't quite figure out is this joy or is this is it more like passion or reverence or or something something next to it on the feeling wheel but not the same feeling I think reverence feels like the right word to me because it feels it feels more grounded in a larger cultural belief Mm -hmm. which is not to say that that's mutually exclusive from joy but it doesn't feel as unabashed. It doesn't feel as silly or like that feeling where your heart is just so light mm-hmm. from, you know, time with friends. That isn't the feeling I get from these caverns. What I get from these caverns is like if you went to La Sagrada Familia or if you went to... The Grand Canyon. Right. To something that's just so massive that kind of puts a stop to how you think about yourself as a person and makes you kind of reckon with like I am but a small mm-hmm. <laughs> axe hewen dwarf and now <laughs> I'm like looking at these things and how incredible this is I think you can find joy in those moments but I wouldn't qualify them as outright joy right I think I agree with you there. So we'll we'll leave this moment with Gimli in the honorable mentions as being joy adjacent Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but I do I found joy in reading this and I think you can when you love somebody or even just like them listening to somebody talk about a thing that they are extremely passionate about can bring you joy and I think Legolas Legolas gets joy out of this speech from Gimli and at the end he does say like you have moved me Gimli I will agree to come back to the hole for you and look at the caves so there, there, is, there is some joy being woven in and out of this exchange. I agree. I think, I think Legolas's response is much more joyous than Gimli's description. Mm-hmm. Well, those are all of the moments in the chapter that I saw. Did you have anything joyful that you wanted to, to call out before we transition into our next segment? No, I think those were all lovely examples. And I think... This chapter is just such a nice reprieve from the sort of drudgery of war Mm -hmm. that it was, it was a pleasant moment. And and again, with a reunion, it just made it feel that much more special. Yeah, it did. Okay, well, that brings us to Talking with Tolkien. As an aside, I was sitting at my desk at work like two days ago or something, and I was like, I was 
like, what is that? Why is that stuck in my head? And it was the little jingle I had made up like five episodes ago <laughs> of the da 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 talking with Tolkien. So somehow that lived rent free in my brain for weeks on end uh, and just popped up in, in my head at work. <laughs> that also sounds like something else. And it's now- Toto's Africa plus extra. Plus, like a um, like a kids show, yeah. Like da 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 da. That has such like a Dora the Explorer, yes. mm-hmm. like kind of vibe to it in that those intonations. Well, regardless of what it is, <laughs> here we find ourselves we find talking ourselves. with Tolkien. Mm-hmm. What stuck out to you from the chapter from Tolkien? I've talked about this moment a lot, but I love Gimli's like half sass half mad we're kind of dragging the pippin and mary here and the specific quote where it follows after gimli unable to contain himself longer he yells you rascals you woolly footed and wool painted truants and i just think that's such a good burn um, and i mm-hmm. i love it and he goes on to say like 200 leagues through fen and forest battle and death to rescue you and here we find you feasting and idling and smoking smoking where did you come by the weed you villains hammer and tongs <laughs> and it's just such a good uh it's such a good moment and i love yeah in it. this moment i really feel like gimli is playing the role of a parent maybe a mom who's just like i'm so mad because that i couldn't find you but i'm so happy that you're here Ah." (laughs) like when you're just being yelled at for a lot of reasons some of which are your fault and some of which are just the sheer volume of things that person is feeling is such an incredible and kind of silly juxtaposition to this otherwise like very stout up until this point sort of battle ready and quite spirited individual to then have this like very soft moment is very tender yeah he's giving me molly weasley vibes after the world cup when they come back and she's like fred because she had been mad at mad at fred and george who by the way are just mary and pippin and she was like i'm so sorry that i was mad at you but i'm still mad at you about wheezy's wizard wheezes and i just love you and that's what um that's what Gimli's doing. <laughs> yeah. Same energy. <laughs> Gimli and Molly Weasley, same person. Welcome to our TED Talk. <laughs> <laughs> Mad respect for both characters, yes. by the way. <laughs> well, that was that was my quote. What, what did you bring to the table today? I had a couple that really stood out to me. One that I really enjoyed was... Gandalf talking to King Theoden on page 168 of my book. And very sort of -of matter-of-factly, they're talking about aligning with the Ents, and Gandalf proceeds to say, quote, You are not without allies, even if you know them not. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a very succinct and very Gandalf thing to say. Yes, of course. Because again, he's he has all the information and is sort of releasing it in this chapter in, in drips and drabs. Right. And I think interesting, too, because Theoden really has been not quite in a coma, but he's been kind so... Of. Kind of. You know, like he's been so disengaged from what's going on around him for Wormtongue's influence that 
it must be such a wild moment to like come back into the world be thrust back into battle and then shortly after this like kind of whirlwind of events these beings of legend that like have only been passed down in story through generations of Rohirrim to be like oh Ents are real and they're like moving about yeah near <laughs> and me I've now seen them yes right right and so for Gandalf to be like yeah there's stuff going on here that you don't know about but this is bigger than just you mm-hmm. um was I thought a nice reminder yes love that I already called out, I just really liked the Saruman is brewing some devilry to greet us. Yes. Thought that was a great quote from Aomer on page 171. I feel like you could use that in your day-to-day life. If you're going over to somebody's house and they're cooking something and you're like, well, I don't know about that. So-and-so is brewing some devilry to greet us. <laughs> I mean, not to make myself sound too uninteresting, but I make a lot of soup. And I'm, like, very now prepared <laughs> to be stirring soup yes. and just be like, I'm brewing up some devilry. Brewing Here's what we up. got. Yeah, with your um emulsion bl- immersion blender. Yes. Emulsion blender? Immersion blender. Right, because you immerse it in the soup. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Last two quotes. <laughs> Having nothing to do with soup yes, at all. No more soup. <laughs> Page 174. Major shift in tone. So, quote, Shafts were driven deep into the ground. Their upper ends were covered by low mounds and domes of stone, so that in the moonlight, the ring of Isengard looked like a graveyard of unquiet dead. Mm. And I just thought that was so properly spooky. I really loved that description. And not at all like the image that I sent you of the illustration. Yes. The one of like the five tier yes, wedding cake. Yes, the brick basically. wedding cake. <laughs> yes. Hello, listeners. I have purchased the Lord of the Rings Illustrated Edition. And the illustration of Orthunk is like a seven tiered brick wedding cake on a hill. So not <laughs> super spooky. Right. And then the last one that I had is just so quintessentially Pippin that I wanted to end on it because it was also it gave me joy reading it because he's such a little snarky something or other yeah a little pip quip so they've just had this exchange pippin and mary with theoden and gandalf and and the whole crew and they've had some good-natured ribbing and they're trying to put on a good front for theoden gandalf and theoden are off to talk to treebeard it's the very last line of my chapter page 179 quote so that is the king of rohan said Pippin in an undertone. A fine old fellow. Very polite. (laughs) I liked that too. I was tickled by that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) A funny moment about that last sentence. So it's such an inauspicious way to end the chapter. And the next chapter begins immediately after that when I was reading it, I actually didn't notice that I had made it into chapter nine. (laughs) And then at the end of chapter nine, when it said it, I was like, oh my God, I've only read, and it was like chapter 10, whatever the next one is. I was like, oh my gosh, I've only read one chapter. I've been listening to this for like three hours. It was because the chapter eight ends so quietly with the, hmm, very polite. And then Gandalf immediately Mm -hmm. rides away. It just feels like it's one continuous chapter right and i mean that's kind of the first time in a minute that we've had while we've had like parallel timelines or a little bit of like a return to this is the first time that the group is all together so it's kind of interesting in one of maybe the first chapters in a bit where we've actually started 
and then sequentially or chronologically moved forward instead of jumping to another perspective wholly unrelated to the events of the previous chapter. Yeah, we stay with the same people in the exact same time, just like one second later. Right. Yeah, you're right. We haven't had that in a minute. We definitely have not. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that might be a good place to remind our listeners, we're close to the end of the episode, which means we're coming up to an action item, and then you are going to have more than one second between this (laughs) and the next. It's true. Does that mean it's it's time? It's time for your action item. All right. So today's action item, because my story came from the relative recent past, I would also like you to reflect on your most joyful moment over the past six months. This can be in your head, if you prefer, or you could journal about it. If you are a visual person, you could draw it. But just take a moment, reflect on if you had to choose a Patronus moment. We're going to cross our fandoms again. Just think about your most joyful moment over the past six months. If your memory involves another person, reach out and tell them how much fun you had. And if it was a solo moment, use this as a conversation starter to ask someone in your life to tell you about their recent joyful moment. And as we talked about in this chapter, sharing joy, talking about things that bring you joy is a way to just spread more of it amongst a group. I feel like this is such a great reminder especially as the seasons start to change mm-hmm. i just feel like there's always like that that energy kind of frenetic as you shift into a new season that also kind of thinking about what was joyful in the last one what's something that's giving you joy moving into this new season i think is just such a delightful way to to move forward mm-hmm. and to to build community so thank you so much for that yeah i'm definitely somebody who is always looking forward to something and sometimes I forget to look back or to ask people in my life about moments looking back like instead of what's your next fun trip you have planned or like ask what was the best thing about your last six months mm-hmm. absolutely today's podcast was brought to you by elf and dwarf tour company enthusiastically guided tours of fangorn and helms deep Our music is by Robert Zahn and Simon Dunn. If you have thoughts on today's episode or homework assignment, send us a voicemail or email at infellowshippodcast at gmail.com. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember to take care of your community, stay hydrated, and thank you for joining us today in Fellowship. The time has come. Okay, book three, chapter eight. Take one. We're only doing one take. (laughs) We're only ever doing one take. (laughs) It's not that type of show. Okay. Yeah, we we do not have that kind of patience. (laughs) Mm -mm. And to add insult to Indriana, they had had they had picked up Culver's on the way in and not brought me any. Ugh. Not even a cheese curd. Not even a cheese curd. (laughs) You villains. You villains. Airing my dirty laundry on this podcast. Oh, man. Boys, send me a message. Yeah.